<laughs> Daydreaming about dragons. Played a game this past week with Sean Nittner. And uh, it was a one-on-one, one GM, one player, burning wheel game that we have been playing for an incredibly long time. Uh, and I can tell you exactly how long, actually, because it's recorded. Uh, we've been playing since February 17th, February 7th, 2018. That was when the first game came out on YouTube. So a very long time. Uh, and over two years since we started. Uh, it's only been about six sessions because there was a long year and change where we just didn't play a lot. This was a game that was a tweener game. This was a game that we played because Sean and I were often able to show up. And we were noticing that our, in, our, in our Blades in the Dark game, this was a B, what I call a plan B game, right? We were noticing that a lot of players in our, in our Blades in the Dark game were, were, having to, were not able to make it sometimes. So we were like, you know what? Since you and I are often able to make it, let's have a game with just the two of us. And that way, if everybody bails, we can still game. And wouldn't you know it, two years later, right, two, two plus years later, and the Wobegon crew is scattered to the wind, God bless, that was a fun game and, and with amazing players who I adore, but that game is done, and our B game is still going, because sometimes it's just about scheduling, sometimes it's just about, hey, can you meet up, and, and that's all right, uh, really fun and and there is something really rewarding about bringing a chapter of a game to a close uh it's just there's just something really special about it being able to close the book on that thing and say hey we're done with that and we might go back to the world Uh, i could see a couple different ways that we could play that game again we could switch up who's the GM if we wanted. We could pick a different part of the world and pick a different situation entirely. We could stay with the situation that we, some of the situations that we've seen created, right? I could see one of us playing an elf or a dwarf and, and dealing with some of the drama that, that Bina uncovered uh, in her course of play. So there is that. But it definitely felt like Bina's story was over which I really love. Uh, And it was great to see her grow. And it was cool to see how Sean sometimes decided to... Not decided. When Sean felt, right? Because he was so in character that... That he felt that Bina had been changed in some fundamental way. And he was very open to that. And he was very open to the wonder of the world. And that made it all very special. That made it all very special. Uh, and I, I, I feel like that's... A, I've talked about that before. Someone being open to a character... Uh, having empathy or being open to a character being moved or being open to themselves being moved and showing that through the character, right? It's just a big deal. I I almost want to call it some kind of a skill, you know? There's a skill to keeping your heart open Uh, and, and letting 
the wonder of the world fill you up. I want a word. I want a long German word for that. A long, beautiful German word for keeping your heart open and letting the wonder of, of the fantasy world fill you up. And Sean definitely had that. And it was lovely. It made the game really lovely. Uh, and, you know, there's, a, there's another probably uh, a cousin skill, a sibling skill to that keeping, keeping your heart open, which is uh, the act of creating a world of wonder that a, that a player can open their heart to. And so that they can let, you know, so there is, there, there's both sides, right? One person has to have their heart open. The other person has to be creating something that, that is interesting. And it was just really fun. It was really interesting and, and a, a fun game, uh, a strange game, not a game, you know, not a lot of, I don't think Bina did an act of violence in the whole game. And... There were times where powerful people were willing to do violence on her behalf, and she and Sean chose not to do that. And I, I, I was really curious about that, and I thought it was really amazing. And so I, I had another character ask about it. I was like, "Hey, you know, the there was this badass elf called the Fell Nightingale, and she was like, "Hey, you know, if I was going to kill one of the dwarves to try to end this war, which dwarf would I kill?" And there totally was one dwarf in particular. Right, there was that one dwarf who was absolutely the one to kill, and and Sean was like, "No, don't don't kill anyone." Um, and she could have probably ended the war, right? Maybe not. Maybe it would have hardened everybody. You know, maybe it would have just gotten everybody to to gear up and and and. You know, there would have been no way to end the war. That's very, very possible. I'm totally, yes. Violence begets violence. Absolutely. I'm, on, I'm with them on that. But I don't know. It was, it, was really, it was really interesting. You know, you don't see that often. You know, that, that, there's that Gandalf line where, where Frodo is like, we should just kill, uh, kill Gollum. And, and Gandalf is like, well, who, who gets to decide that? You? You want to decide who lives and dies? I believe the exact line is, do you want to decide who lives and dies, motherfucker? Is that your job? I'm pretty sure that's the exact quote. Pretty sure, pretty sure that was it. Uh, but that was sarcasm. So it was cool to see that in game. It was cool to see Mercy win. Loved it. And, and it's not like Mercy won right away, right? Uh, Mercy won eventually because Sean was smart with his dice and, and played a, a smart strategic game and, and did it in the end. And I just loved that. I love that the dice fell that way. Mercy doesn't always win, as I think our world often shows us. But to see it in a story was really beautiful. So... I don't know. There's just something. I, I love this hobby all the time, but I particularly love this hobby the, the, in the week after a campaign ends. There's this very special afterglow that happens where I'm just thrilled to be a part of this, right? 
There's also something very special when when a campaign is really steaming along. You've got a lot of momentum. People are like, oh, when do we get to play next? Like, that's awesome, too. I love that. Love that. Um, But there's an end to that. Whereas this afterglow period can just kind of, it can just kind of float along. You know, this can last a while. We can just like, oh, this is nice. That game is complete. We can go back to it if we want. But book one is finished. And I love that. I absolutely love that. So good. So, yeah, that's what I am thinking about. Thinking about Bina Janos. Thinking about my friend Sean Nittner. Uh, Thinking about how different our lives are since the two years where we started, you know, and, and what's different now and, and everything, everything's different, not just because the world is so strange right now, but everything is very different from where it was two years ago on February 7th, 2018. And it's cool to track, use these games to kind of track your life. So another big reason why we got to finish this game that I need to talk about is because we had it recorded, all right? We had like a year and a, a bit that we just didn't play. And, and Sean came and we were both, Sean and I both talked, hey, I'd, like, I'd like to get back to that game. I was like, oh, me too, me too, me too. Um, and then we, we set a date and I to, to, to actually finish. And I had to go back and re-listen to the games because I knew I liked the game, but I didn't really remember it. And... <laughs> I'm not, I don't know if I want to record all my games, but I'm very tempted because having it recorded really allowed us, allowed me to get right back into it and be like, oh, this is what I love about this game. And it allowed everything to get kind of tied up in a neat way at the end that I think I otherwise, I might've forgotten some things. Some, some elements might've gotten missed and being able to go back and listen to the games and listen to the things that happened uh, allowed me to go back to the get back to the table and and really just get back into the world and and remember everything and all the little bits. So I don't know. Recording games. What do you think? I, I'm I'm right now at this very shiny afterglow moment. I'm definitely for it. Because it allowed me to see Bina Janos, or as they call her in the song, that no doubt will be sung about her, Bina the Bold. Uh, will, it allowed me to get back and, and, and see how, how she ended up and see how her family was. And I really liked that. I really loved that. I thought that was nice. So that's what I'm thinking about. Basking in the afterglow. Tell me about it. Tell me about a game that came to, com- came to the end and you got to bask in the afterglow for a while. Are you still basking? I would love to hear about what, you know, how that went, how it ended. Recording games. How, how do you do it? You know, are notes enough for you? Can you just look at your notes and jump back in a year and, a year and a, three months later? You know, is that, do you have that? Is your note-taking technique that good? If so, I'd love to hear about it. Or do you like to keep a recorder on the table? Not everyone will be comfortable with that. And I'm not sure it's right for every game. But for this game, it was. So 
I would love to hear about how you record games and games that were brought to an end that uh, were very satisfying for you. So let me know. Drop me a line, and I will let you know how to get in touch with me in the in the outro. And let's get to Inspiration Goat. All right. Good one, Inspiration Goat. So I'm thinking about antagonists from a couple of cartoons that I've been watching lately. Uh, starting with Avatar The Last Airbender, which just went back onto Netflix. So I'm rewatching it. Uh, we're rewatching it in the house. So it's you know Zuko's redemption arc from, from from Avatar: The Last Airbender, which you should totally watch. And then there are other there are antagonists that that mirror this kind of thing, uh, not exactly, but in, in a cool way, uh, in in Shira and the Princesses of Power, and Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beasts, all children's cartoons, all set up with the situation where you have an antagonist who is butting heads with the hero, uh, much like antagonists do in role-playing games, and we, we slowly learn about their backstory and we learn about the traumas that led them to be in that situation where they're, they're being antagonistic and, and they're on the wrong side of things, perhaps. And then maybe they turn around, maybe they don't. Uh, I, I don't know all the, how it's all going to shake out yet in, in all those cartoons, but I think it's a really interesting thing to think about for role-playing games. And, and there's an element that makes it really easy for that to happen in that uh, in all of those stories, they aren't the biggest evil in the game, right? In all of those stories, there's someone above them who is really kind of beyond redemption, uh, and and they are unveiled later in the game, right? Uh, very much like Darth Vader and the Emperor. Okay, uh, Darth Vader can can gain redemption because you know the Emperor is is even more evil. Uh, if there's a way to measure evil, that's a whole other story. So how can we use that in our games? Um, I mean, the, if nothing else, you can use it in when you set up antagonists, when you set up characters to oppose the, the players, uh, thinking about why they are that way. Why are they doing it? Um, you don't have to tell the players right away. You don't have to tell the players ever. But it can help in creating the situation, in role-playing as that evil, maybe evil, antagonistic character. Uh, you know, if they think they're right. And, and why do they think they're right? And why are they doing this? And what is going on? So, and, and if it can be really satisfying to end up teaming up with an antagonist, right? Because usually that's someone who, who you know pretty well. And then having to team up to fight something bigger and badder. That can be pretty interesting. Uh, you know, not always. Not always. There are some things that just aren't forgivable. Uh, I mean, if, you know, I, I, I definitely started writing fanfic once where Luke made it out of the second Death Star with Vader. And Vader lived. What a mess. What a mess. You want to talk about Rebel Alliance war crimes trial, you know? That's a disaster. But I think an interesting disaster. That's a disaster I'd love to see. 
So that's the type of stuff I'm thinking about uh, in relation to these cartoons. You know, how we can definitely relate it to to our games. Uh, and and the, the main thing that makes it gameable is having that bigger villain lurking in the background. And I'm hesitant to do that very often because I want to kind of show. I, I Having a secret bad guy in the background can can be vexing. Um, I think it's possible. I think it's definitely possible. Uh, I'm sure it's doable. It, it's not my usual way, but I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting technique to think about, you know, looking at these cartoons as a kind of blueprint and how can we take that and make something interesting out of it. I think even more interesting if the antagonist just becomes a full-on PC that one of the players plays, right? Bring a new player on, or maybe a, a character is retired, or a character is put to the sideline, or a player takes two characters. I think that's kind of neat. It's kind of a neat idea to have another player take that on. Hmm. <laughs> kind of cool. Uh, kind of very cool. So that's where I'm at. If you've played with that format, if you've had antagonists that end up being on the player's side and they end up teaming up against a bigger evil, I'd love to hear about it. So drop me a line and I will have more information on how to drop me a line in the outro. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, there are a number of ways to support the show. Here are a few of them. Uh, you can contact me. That's the easiest way. Let me know how this show, if anything resonated with you, if anything made you nod your head or shake your head or, or grimace or smile. Uh, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, any reaction? Uh, as long as you communicate with love and respect, I will communicate likewise back and, and I'll put it on a midweek reply show. Uh, you can communicate via email. My email is judd.karl. M-A-N at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. You can send me an email with words. You can send me an email with an MP3 attached. You can send me an email with a link to your blog. You can send me an email with a link to your podcast. How, whatever, whatever, the inspira- whatever form that inspiration takes is awesome with me. You can send me a message through the Anchor app itself. Uh, Anchor is the uh, app I use to record these podcasts, and it has a way to kind of communicate back and forth. So you can send me an MP3 through there. You can tweet at me. My email, my Twitter handle is uh, Judd of Cryos with underscores in between the of uh, on either side of the of. Does that make sense? The, the link is in the show notes, so if you need to just hit a quick link with my Twitter, that's the way to do it. Uh, you can toot at me at Mastodon if you're one of the two or three people listening who was on Mastodon. Uh, however, however you want to get in touch with me, I would love to hear from you. So drop me a line. The other way to support me is through the support button. Um, things are so strange right now. If you can't do that, that's fine. Uh, but there is a support button. You can purchase one of my PDFs on my itch.io store. That's another way to do it. Whatever you like. Uh, if you do that, thank you so much. Right now, the world is strange. Uh, unemployment is at a record high. Don't sweat it. I get it. Please listen. Please game. Please let me know how it's going for you. Okay? Uh, thank you so much. I will talk to you in a week or less. 
and I hope your summers are going well. I hope your masks are comfortable. I hope that your soap is uh, not making your hands dry. And I hope that you are in isolation with people who are, uh, who you adore. That makes sense? Cool. I'll talk to you soon. Have fun at your games.